This is the KOTO Community Radio News for Monday, October 31st. I'm Julia Caulfield. In today's headlines, marshals arrest individuals in bike theft, the future of the wastewater treatment plant, what are you afraid of, and a mountain weather forecast. Three individuals were arrested earlier this month after a series of local bike thefts. Our patrol officers took reports of, I believe it was three bikes that had been stolen from residences throughout town. At one of those residences, there was a ring doorbell cam video that was shared with our department. Um, In that video, it depicted a U-Haul van and these subjects loading bikes into the, or this at least stolen bike, into the U-Haul van. That's Telluride Chief Marshal Josh Compt. The next day... um, we received a call from uh, from a citizen at the Shell gas station saying they recognize that van and believe it to be the same U-Haul van from the video. Marshal deputies, along with a deputy from the San Miguel County Sheriff's Office, responded to the call and after contacting the individuals, arrested them for possession of one of the stolen bikes along with drug charges. According to Compt, the thefts were, quote, crimes of opportunity. These subjects were all residing Grand Junction area. They were in town working um, so it appears that they were kind of got done with their job and were driving around town and, and saw these bikes in front of these houses that were unlocked and took the opportunity to take them really quick. Um, so we, we feel confident that we got the subjects uh, involved with these, these thefts, at least. We don't believe that they're probably part of a larger ring at this point. Still, Chief Compt urges the community to take care of their possessions. I just want to encourage people that they can really help us kind of cut down on, on these types of crimes by securing the valuables, locking their cars, locking their bikes, um, you know, they're, again, these were, this was the kind of opportunity where these people saw uh, these bikes unlocked and, and were able to seal them within a matter of seconds. So lock your valuables, please. Marshal deputies recovered one of the bikes. Two have not been found. It's not the most glamorous subject, but the Telluride region needs a new or expanded wastewater treatment plant. Uh, our current wastewater plant was built in three phases. The first one went online in 87, the second in 93, and the third in 2001. That's Karen Guglielmone, Environmental and Engineering Division Manager for the town of Telluride, presenting before Mountain Village Town Council earlier this month. So the oldest parts of this plant are 35 years old. They're, they've reached the end of their useful life, and yet they keep on ticking which is fabulous, but they're not as effective and efficient as they once were, and it takes an awful lot of um, resources to keep them running um, as we need them to. But more than age, Guglielmone says the treatment plant is running up against capacity limits. She notes the issue isn't so much hydraulic loading capacity. What is really pushing us is the organic loading, sometimes referred to by the engineering geeks as BOD5, biological oxygen demand. Um, but that's, that's the food that comes into the plant, all of our waste. That's not water. Um, and so our wastes are becoming much more concentrated, partly because we're using water-saving fixtures, um, but also things like food disposals. We're not supposed to be putting food down uh, the drain. Um, it should go into compost, but yet it's ending up at our plant. There's also new regulations with mineral and nutrient levels leaving the plant. With all that, the town of Telluride is working to expand and upgrade the plant. The idea is we'll be designing in 2023. Early 2024, we should start 
construction. The headworks and the lift station would be the first to be constructed and then moving on to other parts of the process upgrades. By 2027, we'll have a new permit. But construction doesn't come cheap. According to Guglielmone, the new treatment plant will cost something to the tune of $80 million. A point Mountain Village Town Council member Dan Caton notes may be a hard sell for some residents. You understand that our, our citizens are going to be very excited about the new hospital. They're going to be very excited about the new gondola. They're not going to be very excited about new wastewater treatment. If they want to flush their toilets, they will be. So the more you can value engineer is all I'm saying. I'm not saying we don't do something. All I'm saying is we need a lot of value engineer. The update on a new wastewater treatment plant comes at the same time that Mountain Village and the town of Telluride are considering the possibility of creating a wastewater authority. It is a completely separate, independent governmental entity. It would operate as a political subdivision of the state. So it would neither be a part of the town of Telluride, nor would it be a part of Mountain Village. It would be independent of both of those. That's Catherine Wynn, a lawyer with Collins, Cole, Flynn, Wynn, and Ulmer, a law firm consulting with both Telluride and Mountain Village on the potential of developing a wastewater authority. The group presented before both town councils earlier this month. Currently, the wastewater treatment plant is owned and operated by the town of Telluride, with the town of Mountain Village contributing financially. If the towns shifted to a wastewater authority, it would form out of an intergovernmental agreement with both towns agreeing to a number of parameters and the powers and authority of the authority. The governments would appoint individuals to sit on the Wastewater Authority board. It would be funded solely by the wastewater fees and charges, so it's not really a financial um, negative. The idea is you would set it up so that it is is self-sufficient funding-wise. That allows the authority then to issue revenue bonds. Um, And again, those revenue bonds can be issued without voter or uh, without uh, voter authorization. It would be something that the the authority board itself would um, authorize issuing revenue bonds that would be supported then by the fees and charges that are collected. Jim Collins, another lawyer with the firm, notes the authority would likely contract with the town of Telluride to start. Our recommendation would be that at least for a while, they contract with Telluride to provide the actual day-to-day operation of the plan and the planning for the future facilities. They may or may not ultimately then determine they want to take the employees in as their own employees. Collins believes if the towns want to move forward, they could develop the intergovernmental agreement to create the Racewater Authority within five to six months. Members of both Telluride and Mountain Village town councils showed interest in the possibility of developing a wastewater authority. The towns will need to have more conversation before going ahead with the intergovernmental agreement. It's the spookiest day of the year. In honor of All Hallows' Eve, we're rebroadcasting a story from October 2020 when KOTO's Matt Hoysh hit the streets to hear what people are afraid of. A time capsule from COVID and before the 2020 presidential election, it really is a fright. It's pretty generic, but I'm terrified of heights. Roaches, I don't like roaches at all. They they run really fast and they 
This survived a long time. I'm afraid of octopi. They're crazy intelligent and their their legs, oh, they freak me out. Every time I see them, I get anxiety on TV. My name is DeMarco Castillo. Penelope Vandermeer. Adam Wade. I'm afraid of spiders and clowns. I hate spiders and uh, clowns freak me out. I'm afraid of sharks too. Sharks, uh, you know, you're in the open water and you never know what's gonna hit you. Sharks are scary. I don't like sharks very much. I keep reading more and more about sharks and they, they, they just sneak up on people and take off limbs. It's, it's, it's frightening. I'm not going to the ocean ever again, I think. Hi, I'm Ben Kerr. Les Young, I'm from uh, Augusta, Georgia. Spiders, mountain lions, and getting kidnapped in that order. <laughs> if I still qualify as a kid. This is Kara with K-O-T-O. Lots of spiders. Many spiders together in one place feels like my worst nightmare. Because what's scarier than one spider is many spiders. <laughs> my name is Natalie Worsing. Eva Cimento. I am afraid of um, having an icicle fall on my head. Very easy question, climate change. <laughs> my name is Samantha Morton. I would say I am afraid of the future of American democracy, particularly in this period of time. Trump? Why? <laughs> Why not? He's a disaster. <laughs> I am not afraid of the coronavirus. I'm going to live. I'm going to live with it. I am very afraid for America's future if Joe Biden wins the presidency. I'm Mike Mercer from St. Louis, Missouri. Katie Anderson. Um, Soleil Gaylord. Hi, this is Bobby T. Smith, a.k.a. Urban Sweets, and I'm afraid of people not exercising their right to vote. Get out there and vote. I honestly am afraid of being alone, ending up alone more so. Not like I'm okay going on a hike by myself or a couple days camping by myself, but like long-term just ending up alone. My name's Dennis Andreco. Uh, I work at the Public Library. I've been around for a long time uh, in Telluride. Well, yeah, I guess I do have one more thing to say. <laughs> um, it's okay to be afraid of things. I'm Carly Hodes, and I live in Telluride, and I'm in college. I'm afraid of choosing a career that my parents want instead of what I want to do. And then I'm afraid of being like sat my whole life. Having to work this current job for the rest of my life. Yeah, I just hate my job. That's it. <laughs> Lawyer, but I can't say any more than that. Wow. Yeah. Well, can you still say first last name? No, can't do that either. <laughs> I'm afraid of when parking regula regulations go into effect in the W zone and how awful it's going to be to park because it's a pain. We're full, we're full now with both sides and the parking schedule last year since they changed it, I think the neighbors here don't like as much as the old one because of the number of cars that have to move from any place at one time and you have nowhere to go. This is Dave Valentine. Breaking and entering. <laughs> because I just brought my suitcases into the wrong person's home. <laughs> my friend was generous enough to invite me to her vacation home for the week and I was dropped at the wrong house and I entered that house rather easily. Yes, I did bring my suitcases in and I brought, uh, you know, the driver dropped me off. I went in the mudroom, made myself at home, hung up my coat. So, yeah, I need to get going. <laughs> I'm Megan from Chicago. John Nelson. I'm not afraid of much. I'm an adrenaline junkie. 
I've swam with great whites and whale sharks and orcas. Um, I'm not sure what you're supposed to be afraid of. Oh no, let me finish that. The one thing that scares me is gingivitis. Halloween is about candy and costumes and carved pumpkins. But once the day of celebration is over, it's important to dispose of that jack-o'-lantern properly. Colorado Parks and Wildlife is reminding individuals that feeding wildlife is illegal in Colorado and urging families against leaving pumpkins out for wildlife to eat. CBW notes that while leaving a pumpkin out might seem harmless, it can attract predators or force animals to congregate, which can spread disease. The town of Mountain Village is offering free pumpkin composting this year. Pumpkins must be free of candles, paint, glitter, stickers, or any non-compostable elements. Pumpkins are available for compost drop-off at the Gondola parking lot in Mountain Village, behind the Village Market, and at the Meadows parking lot. Pumpkin composting will be available November 1st through 18th. As the winter months bring in the cold, it's likely bringing something else in too. Colds and the flu. And like it or not, probably COVID. To combat the nasty viruses, the Wilkinson Public Library is hosting an herbal immune support event. The library notes, while an herbal remedy can't take the place of medical advice, it doesn't hurt to give your body a gentle plant-based boost. The event will feature an evening of making organic creations to support individual wellness, the library will provide all the supplies needed. Each attendee will go home with two herbal tisanes and a fire cider. The Herbal Immune Support event will take place at the library from 5.30 to 7 p.m. on Thursday, November 3rd. Registration is required and available at telluridelibrary.org. The Interior Department is looking to cut back the amount of water released into the nation's largest reservoirs starting next year. KONC's Alex Hager reports the move comes in response to steadily shrinking supplies in the Colorado River Basin. The feds say water forecasts look dire and they need to make changes to protect the people, ecosystems and infrastructure along the Colorado River. They're seeking to restrict the amount of water released from Lakes Powell and Mead, the river's largest reservoirs. This would tweak existing river guidelines drawn up in 2007. Those were put in place to respond to drying conditions, but the supply-demand imbalance has kept getting worse in the southwest, making changes necessary along the way. Federal officials will need to do additional environmental review before making the changes. The Bureau of Reclamation Commissioner said changes will stabilize the reservoirs in the face of climate change. I'm Alex Hager. This year's midterm elections includes 11 ballot measures. One of them would raise money needed to provide free school lunches to all public schools in Colorado. As KOTO's Lucas Brady Woods reports, if approved, the measure would likely have impacts beyond school cafeterias. Lupita Cardosa has seven kids in the Boulder Valley School District, ranging from elementary school all the way up to high school. For her, providing regular healthy meals for each of them is a major priority. I think of it as a student right. And as their parents, we have to take care of the students. School is our children's second home. 
but making sure that happens can be a challenge, especially at school. During the pandemic, schools offered free lunches, but that program stopped at the beginning of this year. Now families have to pay for meals once again. Some can qualify for free or reduced price lunches depending on their income level. Cardoza's family qualifies, for example. But stigma sometimes gets in their way of taking advantage of it. Mi hija recibe el... My daughter receives free lunch, but she's afraid to get lunch because she thinks her friends will laugh. Cardosa says that means her daughter comes home hungry some days. Imagine the consequences when a kid doesn't eat at school. I believe food is for everyone. Kids shouldn't be suffering over food. Eliminating stigma and burdens over food insecurity are behind her support of Proposition FF, which is on the ballot in the upcoming midterm election. Prop FF would create new funding for school lunches by adding a tax on Coloradans who make over $300,000 per year. If it passes, it would provide free lunches at all public schools across the state. There's also urgency behind the ballot measure because food insecurity spiked during the pandemic. The group Hunger Free Colorado found that two out of five kids in Colorado are now food insecure. Ashley Wheeland is the group's public policy director. And it's not just hunger, but it's food insecurity that you can't afford healthy food. You can't afford food that's nourishing for your body. You have to, um, you know, cut corners, go junk food, whatever, you know, to survive. She says the existing free and reduced price lunch program isn't working. Only 40 percent of kids who qualify actually participate in it, largely because of stigma. Are they going to have to get in line and everyone's going to know they're the free and reduced lunch kid? Or they owe money to the school for meals? Or is someone going to remind them of that in the lunch line? That stress makes some kids decide it's better to just wait until after school to try to find something to eat. And when kids go hungry, there are ripple effects. It impacts their behavior and their ability to learn. Danielle Bach is head of nutrition services in the Greeley-Evans School District. She says teachers sometimes spend their own money to feed students. Our teachers want to see their students thrive, and they're they're buying snacks. They're buying food. Greeley is the only district in the state that already provides free lunch for all its students. And Bach has seen firsthand the difference it can make. Some opponents to Proposition FF say providing free school lunches will give benefits to wealthy students who don't need them. They say funding should be used in more targeted ways, like for certain academic programs. But Bach says it's great if all kids utilize free lunches. What we know for certain is that when all students are eating together, all students are succeeding more. So not dividing our students into the haves and the have-nots is hands down the best way to ensure that our students are nourished and therefore capable of learning. She also says they already have clear evidence that providing free meals to students does effectively eliminate school meal stigma. We saw during the pandemic um, when we were operating under those waivers and feeding all students, um, we saw it absolutely disappear literally overnight. Um, My colleagues and I still are astounded by this because we all believed that it would take decades. Lupita Cardosa, back in the Boulder Valley School District, says Prop FF will make a big difference in her family's life. If this proposition passes, it would mean security for my family more than anything. If not, there won't be equity. And with that security, she says her family and her kids can focus on what's important, their education. For KUNC, I'm Lucas Brady-Woods. The National Weather Service forecast for the western San Juans calls for clear skies tonight with a low around 25 degrees. 
Tuesday, expect mostly sunny skies during the day and mostly cloudy skies at night, with a high near 50 degrees and a low around freezing. Wednesday, there's a 20% chance of snow showers with partly sunny skies and a high in the mid-40s. Wednesday night, there's a 90% chance of snow showers with a low around 30 degrees. This has been the news for Monday, October 31st. Thanks for listening. If you have a story idea or a news tip, call the news team at 970-728-3206.